What's up, you guys? Welcome to a brand new episode of the High Vision Hoops podcast. I am your host, CRS, and I'm really excited to get into the recap for game one of the NBA Finals between the Los Angeles Lakers and the Miami Heat. Obviously, this was a landslide victory for LA, but there's a lot to get into. What is Miami going to do for the next few games? And what the Lakers have to continue to do if they want to get this landslide victory in the finals for LeBron's fourth ring, the Lakers' 17th championship that ties the Celtics all time. And it's really going to be interesting to see what's going on in the next few games here. I'm going to be doing an episode for every finals game that's played. So let's hope it's just not four episodes. Let's hope it's about six or more, as I initially predicted for this finals. But without further ado, let's get right into this. The Los Angeles Lakers came out into this first game, and they looked like they were tired. They looked like they didn't want to play. They looked looked like they didn't want anything to do. With the heroics of Jimmy Butler, Jay Crowder, and those goons from Miami like Kendrick Perkins says. And they just seemed like they wasn't going to be able to lock down Miami Heat's level of play. Or even reach the level of play that Miami had. With that being said, by the at least six minutes into the game, LeBron sits out. Rondo comes in. And Rondo, a guy I've been praising for a long time. High IQ. And ever since... Boston, seeing the way he was able to play there, that's what gave him that identity. You can talk about Dallas, Sacramento, Chicago, New Orleans, whatever it may be. But when it comes to Rondo, I just always felt like he understood the game at a very high level. And he didn't care what the analysts would say. He didn't care what the people would say about him, especially during those years. Like we saw him in Chicago taking that 2-0 lead against the Celtics there in the playoffs. And then once he goes down, it was just different for them. They weren't able to win that. They got swept, essentially. They, Boston ended up winning that series to the uh, for the two. Excuse me. And Rondo's always been able to be a high-level player in the playoffs. So that is what comes into play when Rondo comes in the game. LeBron didn't have the, the, the hottest start, but he, LeBron sits down. Year 17, obviously, for LeBron. And Rondo comes in. He hits an 18-foot shot from the same spot where he hit that game winner against the Celtics last season as a Laker at the buzzer in Boston at the, at the Garden. Right? And this is what changes the tide for the Lakers. And this is why it's so important to have these kinds of guys on your team. When you have these kind of guys on your team, you, you understand that they can bring a level of intensity and understand how they can control energy for the team. And that's what the Lakers have here. And it's something we didn't see from a team like the Clippers, a team like the Bucks, and I'm just naming these two teams, obviously, because these were teams we expected to be in the finals. But then it comes up to just being the Miami Heat here. And what did they do? They shot down Milwaukee, and they weren't able to adjust to that and have a guy to bring energy into the game. That's the best thing about this veteran team that the Lakers have. They have vets. They have some shooters. You have obviously have LeBron and AD, which also plays into their big men. And you have high IQ guys who understand the game of basketball. So after that Rondo jump shot that he makes, it, was, it looked like he was off one leg. He looked uncomfortable. Obviously, that's not something we're used to Rondo doing. But except in this playoff run where 
I got to tell you, it looks like he's worked on his shot a lot. And I'm pretty sure during that quarantine time, Rondo said, you know what? Let's take this time to work on my jump shot. I'm sure that's what he was thinking in his mind. I'm sure LeBron and these guys and the Lakers coaching staff, especially uh, Phil Handy, I'm pretty sure a lot of these guys wanted to get into Rondo and say, look, we know what you could do. We understand your level of play. But you got to work on that jump shot. And obviously Rondo's jump shot has improved. And he was never known for being that way, but it's come up very big for the Lakers. It's helped them get past a lot of these teams in the playoffs, especially Houston, especially Denver. Rondo being able to hit these shots and control the tempo. He, he nearly won, I believe it was game three for the Lakers, just willing his team on the defensive end. The Nuggets ended up winning a close game there, but the Lakers were able to come back, and I can possibly see this happening in the finals again because Rondo's going to be able to use his defense, especially side-by-side side with Caruso's defense, KCP's defense, Danny Green's defense. These guys do it well enough to help will the team. And once he makes this jump shot, you got KCP made two shots, and he was the, really the X factor there. Rondo was the guy that helped it happen, but KCP was the executioner. KCP hits those two threes, it's all of a sudden you cut the lead by already six points. And that's when the tide changed for the LA Lakers. The energy just came in. You saw LeBron come into the game after they got close. And that was it for the Miami Heat. 55 to 25 is that outscoring number for the LA Lakers on Miami. And once once those three started falling during that first half, they just the Miami Heat just couldn't contain the three-pointer, obviously, but they couldn't maintain those LA bodies. Those big men, you're talking about Anthony Davis and LeBron James even being almost as big as maybe bigger than Bam Adebayo and Dwight Howard in there, in there as well. These guys couldn't do much against the bigs of L.A. and it was just plain and simple. It was very obvious that Miami didn't have a chance in that regard. They just looked overwhelmed. It looked like a punch in the gut. You've seen Miami look defeated throughout the rest of the game. The thing I'm worried about is looking at Bam. Once Bam sits out, what does Miami have to offer? What's their answer for LA's post game? You know, you have obviously Dwight Howard and they're not much of a post-up guy at this point in his career. But getting those offensive rebounds, getting defensive rebounds as well, cleaning up the glass, getting those extra second chance points. Miami didn't suffer in that regard per se, but... What are you going to do for the rest of the series when you're looking at that? They have no answer for those guys. Howard, Davis, JaVale McGee even, LeBron. It's just difficult for those guys. And what is looking at a guy like Kelly Olenek, he won't do that. Olenek, a good player, obviously. Good role player coming off the bench. But my question is, where's Myers Leonard? I understand maybe you haven't played him. I understand Eric Spolster wanted to, uh, to execute that zone. But like a lot of we, a lot of us say, Eric Spolstra has proven that he's one of the greatest adjusting coaches that the game has seen. So, in my point of view, Eric Spolstra, you have to take a look at Myers Leonard. He's one of your bigs on that team, and who you have nobody else essentially. You have Bam, but Miami plays small a lot, and they're not going to force the Lakers to play small the same way that Houston did. Houston had those two stars. That's the difference between having stars 
and having a good, well-rounded team like Miami does. And obviously, they're paying. It pays off to be in the finals rather than to be a second-round exit, just like Houston. That's obviously another conversation to have at some point. But looking at this team, you have to see if you if there's a way to insert Myers Leonard here. The Lakers out-rebounded the Miami Heat in this game, 62 to 40. 62 to 4. That's a big margin right there that Miami's gonna face, and it's obviously not something you want to see every game. And obviously, the you know the injuries to Bam, to Dragic, to Jimmy Butler with the ankle, um, just you know it's terrible to see. You know when you see these guys go come as far as they come, it's hard to see them go down. I you know just looking at this situation, it's it seemed like the Lakers had already put their foot on the gas pedal before injuries happened. Um, that's not to say that this game would have had a different outcome, however. I think it prevented the Miami Heat from being able to come back. We saw them cut the lead down to 13, I believe it was, late in the fourth, uh, off an of and one foul on Alex Caruso there. And it looked like Miami had a little bit of energy there, but maybe too little too late. But looking at that, if you had Dragic in the game, if you had Bam in the game... If you had these guys able to play throughout, you might have seen, uh, you know, a close game at the end there. So let's not oversell. I don't want to oversell and go crazy over this first win and think that it's over for the Miami Heat. But listen, if if Bam Adebayo doesn't play, obviously he's listed as questionable. It's going to be tough for Miami to win this, at least win a few games in this series. Um, it's tough. It's definitely tough to watch this. Um but looking at the Lakers' defense, I think what happened to the Lakers when we look at why did the Miami Heat lose this game, and like I said, the L.A. bodies were tough. Uh, the threes, you know, going against that zone defense and those three-pointers being drained by KCP, Danny Green, Caruso, Kuzma, even LeBron hit a three-pointer, Anthony Davis. You know, these guys are knocking down threes, and that zone defense is just, be, just being ex- exposed being picked apart and then you as a coach have to sit there and say how are we going to even stop ad and lebron now who are going to be in the paint that is the problem for miami um also you know the second problem to me is the defense that was played by the lakers these guys really got into duncan they really got into duncan robinson uh, excuse me duncan robinson yes uh tyler hero bam at bio was two for eight uh before he went down I didn't see him having as much success as he had wanted to. Obviously, he didn't. He hasn't played anybody like Anthony Davis in his finals. He hasn't played anybody uh, like Dwight Howard. Like Stephen A. Smith says, Dwight Howard's got muscle coming out of his ears. And listen, it's, it's funny, but it's almost true, man. Like looking at Dwight Howard, it's just tough to go up against a guy like that who's going to be roughing and muscling you up, and he's coming off the bench. Dwight Howard doesn't have to play that starting role logging all those minutes a game so he comes in he's fresh and he's going at a guy like bam who's gonna need these minutes need a lot of minutes in order for miami to even play well so his injury is a big hit if he can't play miami has no chance to win these games and i think disrupting their flow was something that the lakers did very well and that's a perfectly prime example in tyler hero who was a minus 35 on the floor for the late for the for the miami heat and looking at those metric stats, it's uh, it's a bit, you know, the plus minus to me has always been 
something that's a little misleading, obviously, because it's you have to look at the defense and the offense, obviously, when it comes to making up uh, judgments on players and their impacts on the floor. But it does seem a bit accurate. I can't lie about that part. And Tyler Hero was a minus 35 there. It was his defense. He couldn't once any time LeBron was able to switch off and get Hero as a defender. Hero was just, oh, what, what am I going to do? That's what, that's what he must have been thinking. What, what, what am I going to do to guard LeBron? He's a 20-year-old kid. He's balling. Has a great playoff run, obviously. Great player. Great kid. He's definitely going to be a star if he continues this. He's a specialist for Miami. And so is Duncan Robinson. But these guys couldn't do much against the Lakers, especially on the defensive end. These guys are just liabilities on defense. And I think that was the hardest part for Miami. You have guys like Jay Crowder who can guard LeBron. Andre Iguodala who can guard LeBron. Jimmy Butler who can also do the same. But the difference in this team is this is a LeBron James led team that has a force that's really tough to be reckoned with in Anthony Davis. Dwayne Wade's a bit different than Dwayne Wade's a guard. But when you have a big... As a, one of LeBron's teammates, however, is what I'm comparing here. When you have a guy that's big like Anthony Davis and he can't be stopped and he's towering over most of the Miami Heat players, the focus shifting from LeBron to AD to covering the three-point line to covering that paint area, it's too much for Miami and they just couldn't do anything about that. And like I said, the liabilities on defense were Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson. Duncan Robinson went 0 for 3, played 27 minutes. You know, that's something we can't have. That's a shot every nine minutes if you want to divide it evenly. <laughs> and that's just not what Miami knows of these guys. These guys are going to have to start playing the way that they have been playing all playoffs. But the only thing is, looking at L.A., they're bigger, stronger, faster. They play great defense, high IQ guys. And LeBron watching film till 4 in the morning, as he claimed, or whatever whatever time it took him to do that. Regardless, doing that time there, looking at that, going it over and over. I'm sure Miami's going over the film as well. They're probably working. These guys ain't. These aren't soft guys that we're talking about. These are This is a rough riding team, and I can see them winning the game if you have Bam Adebayo playing. Kendrick Nunn coming off the bench, obviously, for Goran Dragic during, after his injury. That's something I want to see as well for Game 2. How are they going to implement a guy like Kendrick Nunn, who played all year, who had COVID, unfortunately, and saw himself out of the lineup because Goran Dragic just seemed to you know be playing that Miami Heat system very well. And if it ain't broke, don't fix it, right? That's what they say. And Spolster, as good, of, good as a coach he is, I'm sure he understood what he was doing. Obviously, Dragic goes out, and guess who's in? None. And what did he do? He made some great plays for the Miami Heat there, and he was able to play well during this game, in a game that was heavily flawed by the entire team. Especially on defense, like I said, with Duncan Robinson, Tyler Hero, these guys are going to be exposed on that end you're going up against veteran experienced players and it's just tough for young guy, young cats like this to to play up against a lebron james led team but looking at that heat bench as well we'll lead into that there um they're just not as powerful as the lakers bench um you know as as teams i can see I can see Miami being Miami's a great team, you know, like we we we've compared them to the 04 Pistons obviously in that regard. They don't have a, a main star. They don't have these kind of stars on their team. 
but they have the good players. And obviously, when it comes to the 04 Pistons, let's set the record straight here. They had Chauncey Billups. You know, they had Rip Hamilton there. They had Rasheed. Well, these guys were going to play, and they had different parts of their game where they could step up and be like, you know what? I, I might look a little bit like a star tonight. You know, looking like Chauncey Billups. They call him Mr. Big Shot, obviously. And Miami doesn't seem to have those kind of players. They do have two of them. Like I said, you have Jimmy Butler, who's a known star in this league. Bam Adebayo, emerging star. A star at this point, in my opinion. But these are they're also young. And they have a lot of players on their team who don't really fill in those roles the same way with the 04 Pistons. But looking at them regardless... Like I said, you still have Jay Crowder. Jay Crowder's more of a spot-up guy. You got Duncan Robinson, the specialist. You know, he gets he gets his setups. Goran Dragic, one of the best players for the Miami Heat this playoffs. You know, making great plays, able to shoot the basketball, able to drive in, kick it out. It causes a lot of problems for other defenses. But when it comes to their bench, it just doesn't seem to be strong enough. Well, I think a lot, where is their setup guy? The Lakers have Rondo. Rondo comes in, right? And he's, he sets people up. You have Dwight Howard who comes in. He's the muscle. You know, he cleans up. He gets those points. But when it comes to Miami, it's a bit confusing to see what they have there in terms of their bench power. When you look at the Lakers, their bench was the biggest question mark all season. But the playoffs proved it proved that it's strong. Even when you listen, even without Deion Waiters, when I when they signed Deion Waiters. I looked at this team and said, this is what they need. And I thought during the season, Rondo needed a guy like Waiters next to him who can get his own shot. Because I felt they put too much pressure on Rondo during the year to fill in all of LeBron's, fill, fill LeBron's shoes when coming off the bench. They had Rondo, you know, Rondo and Kuzma were, didn't play well together on the floor. KCP and Danny Green were in knockdown shooters like they are in the playoffs. Caruso was a good player during the regular season, but it just didn't seem like enough, and it was a question mark for us. And getting Deion Waiters, I thought was going to solve most of that for L.A. Not all, but most. Because you have Rondo there, floor general, sets guys up, but taking some of the pressure off of Rondo when he comes off the bench. You have Deion Waiters, just get your own bucket. That's what I like to say about Deion Waiters, get your own bucket. Because that's what Deion Waiters could do. You give him the ball. You say, all right, I'm going to You could do a little layup, drive in, reverse, whatever it is. He can definitely kick it out. You know, he's a guard. He's a, he has the ability to dribble. He can make not mid-range shots. He can knock down threes. And I thought that was going to be really good for this Laker bench. But looking at this, this, this bubble during the playoffs, when it comes to this Laker bench, they've proved... That they've they can do very well, and they didn't need any extra additives for them. Obviously, Waiters was a late was a late, was a was a was a there was a, an acquisition that they made during the season. It was he he wasn't with them at training camp in the beginning for the bubble, yeah, but he wasn't with the Laker team when the year started neither was J.R. Smith but you're bringing in two guys who have been there you know Deion Waiters with the Oklahoma City Thunder you got it you got there in 2016 to the Western Conference Finals there's some experience there you know as a sixth man J.R. Smith on the other hand obviously has been with LeBron won a championship with him in Cleveland 
made it to multiple final series alongside LeBron as well. So you obviously have these guys on the bench who you can go to, but obviously they're not the most dependable. Rondo's been playing well. Kuzma's been coming off the bench and playing well. Dwight Howard as well. And these guys have just been doing what you needed from them during the entire season. They help complement LeBron. They help complement AD. They give them the rest that they need. And that's all that it is for the Lakers. When it comes to the Miami Heat, though, I look at Hero more as a specialist. From Hero, Tyler Hero comes off the bench, but I look at him as more of a specialist. I don't see him coming out and creating plays for his teammates. It doesn't overgo Rondo's impact for the Lakers. When you look at Mar- Mar- even Markeith Morris, they all, you look at Kuzma, Dwight, Caruso, Morris, they all contribute in a variety of ways. Obviously, when you look at Kuzma, he makes good passes, he knocks down threes, he can drive in, get some good layups. He's been playing better defense in this bubble. Dwight Howard, the same thing, like I said, cleanup, rebounds, muscle, all of that stuff. Caruso, Caruso comes in, brings energy, has the highest net rating of any any LeBron James teammate in his entire career when they're on the floor together. So obviously they complement each other very well. He makes threes, he can play great defense as well, and then you have Markeith Morris who comes out and hits a couple threes. He'll get a couple rebounds maybe. He'll make a good pass. He'll get a good setup layup from Rondo off the bench. He'll get a good setup layup from anybody really from this Laker team to be real. That's the part that's the best part of this team there. Fluidity, the way that they're able to flow and play well together. That's what we can see from this Laker team. But when you look at Miami's bench, you have Solomon Hill, Kelly Olenek, Derrick Jones Jr., Andre Iguodala, Tyler Hero. These are all good players. Let's not get this wrong here. Miami is a, is a good team. They made it this far. But it's just looking at the matchup with the Lakers. Just not, it doesn't seem to be enough. We'll see for the coming games. But when you look at... Olenek, what he can bring. When you look at Hill, Solomon Hill, what he could bring. Derrick Jones. Who, which one of these guys is going to be able to give me an identity for the bench? Iguodala is going to play his role. Iguodala has been there, done that. He's the guy who's going to play some good defense, make some good plays, knock down a couple shots if he needs to, just like against, like he did against Boston. And he's shown that he can do that. Tyler Hero, obviously, averaging 20 points per game. In the Eastern Conference Finals, playing well, knocking down shots, bringing energy, and just being a force that the Celtics couldn't wreck with. But like I said, the Celtics were not the Lakers. They didn't have no guys on the on the Celtics that were like um, Rajon Rondo, for instance, or Alex Caruso. Some guards coming in to play some great defense. You had Marcus Smart. You had some good players there in Boston, but they just didn't have enough firepower for Miami's power. And now looking at the Lakers, the entire matchup is different. Hero can give me that. Iguodala can give me that. But the other guys, they don't make up a full identity for this team as far as it goes for the bench. Starters are a different story. But Kendrick Nunn as well. Looking at Kendrick Nunn, he's the one who came in and showed he can ball. He can still do it at this level. He played well, and he's going to be one of the barriers for that defense. Is he going to be able to be that Rondo or KCP kind of guy? Is he going to be able to be the guy to come in and give you the energy when you're down like the way the Lakers had in game one there? Because you're going to need that energy. You're going to need that rejuvenation. You don't have to be an all-star player. Like I said, Kendrick Nunn, you don't have to be an all-star player. Tyler Hero, you don't have to be an all-star player at this point. 
But if you're able to come in and change the tempo, knock some, knock down some shots, and give your team some effort, that's a ball game right there. Miami Heat was. Let's not get this wrong. They were the Miami Heat were leading twenty three to ten. They came out strong. If they come out strong, can they continue to do that? Let's not get it wrong here. Listen, when it comes to the Lakers, they made fifteen three pointers. That's the most in their finals history. And they're not really a great shooting team. They're ranked 21 out of 22 in the bubble. They have guys who can knock down shots. Obviously, Kuzma. Uh, Kuzma's not really the first option there. Let's start with Danny Green, KCP. You know, you have Alex Caruso, Markeith Morris. AD hits some three-point shots. Rondo hits some three-point shots. LeBron hits them time to time. You have guys that could do it. But they're not known for being a great shooting team. A lot of their offense will run through AD and LeBron. What they can do to help their team get over the hump. But when it comes to this Laker team, let's look at their side and say, when you look at this this series, if they're not, if my if the Lakers are not going to make as many three point shots as they did, this might be a closer game than expected. You know that's why I said I don't want to jump ship too quick, get too hyped about the Lakers, like I said earlier. They still got to come out, and they still are going to have to figure out ways to score. Miami's going to come with different adjustments, and if you don't have Bam Adebayo, obviously losing Goran Dragic, and Jimmy Butler being you know, half and half on that ankle, we'll see how he feels. He came in and finished the game, obviously, but you know, you wake up that next morning, it feels different. You know what I mean? And We'll see how that goes for Miami. But I think if they're able to do that, if you're able to interrupt the flow of three-pointers, maybe stop the three-pointers early. Don't let the Lakers get out and shoot those threes and get in that rhythm because once they shoot those threes and make that make that adjustment and they start to feel in their flow, that's it almost. A lot of these guys are flow guys. If they're not hitting, sometimes they stay cold. Look at Danny Green. Look at KCP. But when these guys get hot and they're able to make these shots and they're in their rhythm, these guys are shooters. You know, Danny Green, KCP, like I said, even Kuzma, even LeBron at times, when he gets his shot going, he gets his shot going. Same thing with AD. Rondo, hit or miss, you know what I mean? But looking at that, are they going to be able to do that every game? They got to do that three more times if they want to win the way that they did in game one. So we'll see what the Lakers do. That's going to be my that's going to be my biggest question mark for the next game. Are the Lakers going to be able to hit those shots? And if they don't, you'll see LeBron doing a lot in the post. You'll see Anthony Davis doing a lot in the post, and that's where Miami's defense is going to be challenged. Are you going to be able to shift out and guard the perimeter and guard the three-point line better than you did in game 1? If you're able to do that, will that prevent them from making shots or is it just going to be a cold night from three-point range for the LA Lakers? Is it going to be one of those nights for you guys? And if not, you're going to see a lot of that play on the inside. I would ensure that we might see a lot more lobs being thrown to Dwight, a lot more lobs being thrown to AD, passes being in, going on the, on the inside, cuts being made. Obviously, they balance this well in, the, in game one. But if you're with that lead that you have, LA, if you're not able to make those shots, I care to wonder if you can continue to be successful in this finals. I'm picking, and my prediction is to see my to to see the Lakers win this in five. Uh, I don't think they'll sweep. I think Miami will get a game out there if they're able to have Bam Adebayo playing. You have a few games to see where he's going to be at, see where his health is. 
but I think it's most important for him because with Goran Dragic, a great player, but like Jimmy Butler said, we're going to have to go out there and keep trying to win. And L.A. has to stay healthy. L.A. has to keep their foot, pe- they have to keep their foot on the gas pedal and not stop it there if they want to win this series and at least five games. We'll keep it at that. But if they're able to continue and play well, we'll see we'll see how the Lakers end up with this series. And last but not least, I think Miami's offense. Looking at the offense there, we can we we obviously can't forget about the Lakers defense. They played very well against Miami. If you're able to flow your offense a lot better, if Hero gets those shots going in, if Duncan Robinson gets some shots going in, that's going to be a challenge for the Lakers, but obviously these guys can be liabilities on the defensive end. So it's going to be very interesting to see where Eric Spolster is going to go ahead with. I think you got to play Myers Leonard. I think you have to limit Rajon Rondo off the bench. He's a big contributor, and when he comes in and brings that energy, it sort of correlates and goes around. It spreads to the other guys. It's like a chain effect. They move the chains, and once the chains are moving, they just don't seem to stop. So see if there's ways to limit Rondo there. See if you can play Myers Leonard. It may not. He's not going to be your he, your savior per se, but you're going to have to try some different things. Throw some different guys uh, out there. Throw Myers Leonard at, at Howard. Let 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 him foul a bit. You know, let him get some fouls. Let him play tough. Let him play rough. They're going to have to get into the heads of the Lakers. They're going to have to go at them. And I think this is the team to do it. This is the team that's going to be able to say, look, we're going to come out. We're not going to get punked the way we did in game one, losing by 18 points. With that being said, I say that the Lakers win game two, and they don't win it by a much big of a margin. If Bam Adebayo's playing, I see the Lakers winning this game by at least six points. And I think you're going to see more of LeBron in this game. I think he's going to come out with more... Of a of a of that game six LeBron against the Celtics in 2012. I think we're gonna see a little more of that coming from him. I think he's gonna be up in the 30s, and I think Tyler Hero is gonna knock down some threes this game. And I think it's gonna be a little back and forth during the 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 first half. I think that's the first half is gonna definitely be feel out because the Lakers had their gas their foots on the pedal for the rest of the game, but that happened in the first half. They didn't start hot. So I'm very interested. It's very interesting to to think about who's gonna get that advantage early on, who's gonna hit the threes early in the game, who's gonna get out to a hot start. Are they gonna be able to maintain that, or is it gonna be a repeat of Game One, where one of the teams is hot and then the other one just comes in and just runs away with it? And if Bam isn't playing, I say the my the the, the Miami Heat don't have a chance in Game Two. And the LA Lakers are going to win this game by 10 plus points. Plain and simple. We'll see what happens. We'll see if I'm right. We'll see if I'm wrong. But I want to thank you for tuning in to my first finals episode. I'm really excited to come in and, 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 and speak my mind on uh, the NBA finals and just seeing these two teams go at it with each other. It's obviously very interesting to see LeBron against his former team. So it's very exciting for all of us. We want this to be a series, at least. We don't want to see a, a, a clean sweep. We want to be at least a little intrigued as fans out here. We can't we can lie about that. 
But like I said, thank you for tuning in. I'm going to be coming with these episodes after every single game of this finals. And then like I said in the beginning as well, let's hope it's not just four episodes that I'm putting out there for this finals. I hope I can get at least five or six more in here. So tune in. Check out my, check out the podcast page. We're on Spotify. We're on Google Podcasts. We're on Anchor and so much more. So thank you for, once again for tuning in. Check out the page. We're going to have some finals updates going on after every game. Some recaps and what I think is going to happen for LeBron and his legacy and other players' legacies on this Lakers team if they win. Looking at Miami, they don't have a lot to lose. I want to congratulate this team for even making it this far. Nobody had picked them to make it to the finals. So a lot on the line is here. Maybe it's probably one-sided to say the least. But I'm really excited for the rest of this NBA Finals, as I know most of you are. Thank you for tuning in. CRS out.